and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. This is your host, Kevin Folger, and I want to thank you for being a part of today's podcast. This is episode three. It'll be a two-part episode. I'm going to be speaking with uh, Dr. Ken Fielder, who is the director of Worldview Ministries, uh, located out of Danville, Indiana. And Worldview has a particular focus on Bible translation, specifically trying to get Scripture to uh, languages and to people that don't have them right now. And of course, because of what we do with Spiritual Leadership Asia and our desire to punch uh, light into darkness and take the gospel, uh, Bible translation is huge on our radar screen. And I've known Brother Fielder for years and I'm glad that we have the opportunity to have some time with him. So I hope that you'll enjoy the first part of uh, this uh, episode. And uh, the next part we will drop next uh, Tuesday morning And we hope that it'll be a help and an encouragement to you as we conclude our time with him. But I hope that you enjoy this first part. It's a little bit more personal to meet Brother Fielder, what God has called him to do, and uh, the journey that God has taken him on. Well, it's great to uh, welcome to my podcast today, uh, Brother Ken Fielder, who is uh, the executive president, whatever you want to call it, of Worldview Ministries. Brother Ken, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. It's an honor to be with you today. Well, it's... Thanks for taking the time. We, uh, we want to introduce uh, you to our, our podcast. And of course, our podcast is about uh, the idea of people and their journey in ministry. But let's take just a moment as we get started today to talk a little bit about what you're currently doing. Uh, and uh, do you have an official title? I guess you do. I should have known that before I ask. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I'm, I am the director of Worldview Ministries. Okay. And our ministry is entirely focused on Bible translation. And uh, the Lord has really blessed our ministry in the last 14 and a half years. I resigned my church in Ohio uh, in 2006, and uh, we launched into this work, and God is just really, really blessed. So Worldview Ministries, it's, uh, it's located, I think, in, uh, out of Faith Baptist Church in Avon, Indiana, Pastor Mark Monty. Is that correct? Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. We, just, uh, we just relocated to a new building, so now it's Danville, but it's... Okay. Only right. three miles from the previous location. Yeah, I, I saw some beautiful pictures of that new facility. It looks so awesome, man. I'm, I'm grateful. I, I know the old facility was getting a little crowded and uh, needed to be uh, expanded. So I'm glad they had the opportunity. Well, let's, uh, let's talk just a little bit about Worldview and what you guys do. You say you're involved in um, Bible translation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we, we understand that there's a great need. If I recall, there's less than 700. Uh, there's over 7,000 languages, or is that correct? Over 7,000 languages in the world? Yes, sir. 7,117 languages in the world. Okay. And of that, 
yeah, yeah. only six, less than 700 have a whole Bible. Is that right? 698 at this point have a whole yeah. Bible. So there's a great need uh, of getting, getting the, the word of God translated. Now, I think there are some languages, a little over a thousand, maybe close to 1200, maybe more that have the New Testament. There's about 1,200 with the New Testament, okay. uh, about 1,100 with a portion of Scripture. Um, there's 3,733 languages that have no Scripture at all. All right. And part of the challenge of that is that some of these languages don't have a written language, or is, it part, is that part of it? About 3,000 of those have no written language. So in order to translate a Scripture, you'd have to go in and learn the language and put it into some kind of written form, and then begin the arduous task of translation. Is that correct? That's correct. You start by um, basically compiling a dictionary, just defining all their words. Mm. Uh, you can use the International Phonetic Alphabet to write down their words, but then you're eventually going to have to change that over to a script uh, that would be that would be would fit for their language, depending on what part of the world they're in. Uh, you write primers to teach people how to read that language because literacy training is part of it. Mm. And uh, all the time you're doing that, you're going to try to be winning some people to Christ and discipling them because we want them to help us translate the Bible in their language. Mm -hmm. And then uh, at some point you can start thinking about translating scripture and 10 years later, you might have a New Testament. Wow. Isn't that something? So it's about a 10 year process from the time you start just to get the New Testament. Yes. I would say a minimum of 10 years if you're starting with an unwritten language. Wow. And have you had any of those that you have been able to accomplish at this point in that, in that way? Or We haven't completed any New Testament translations from unwritten languages. We are currently working on a family of about 10 languages in Central Asia, and uh, several of those are unwritten. And wow. we're willing, we'll be able to, uh, to finish those projects in the next five to 10 years. Wow, that is uh, quite a vision. It's certainly necessary, that's for sure. Well. Yes. Well, sure. Appreciate uh, Worldview Ministries. I've been aware, aware of what you guys have been doing. And of course, uh, we've been a supporter of that for a long, long time. I say when I was pastoring, uh, the church I, I'm still a part of, which is the church I pastored, I, I know mm -hmm. a supporter of Worldview. And so we're very grateful for, for that, uh, that aspect. Well, let's talk a, a little bit about your journey in ministry, because that's really kind of what we want to talk about. So let's go back to your uh, early days. Where were you born and, uh, you know, where were you raised? I was born in North Alabama. And well, you don't have a you don't have an accent. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to lose it. <laughs> um, I have to throw in a roll tide there. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, my dad was a pastor when I was born, and uh, we when I was seven years old, we moved to Florida. Mm -hmm. So my dad pastored for twenty years in North Alabama and then Florida, and then uh, went into evangelism after that. So I was raised mostly in South Florida okay. in the Fort Pierce area and uh, then left from there to go to college. Um, I got saved when I was six. Mm. Um, my dad was, my dad took us to a revival meeting and the preacher was one of those Southern preachers, you know, that only had two gears. Mm -hmm. He had first gear and overdrive. <laughs> but he spent the whole sermon in overdrive, <clears throat> but he preached on hell that night. And I knew that I was lost and headed for hell. I was too afraid to go forward to the invitation. But when the service was over, I went out the back door and uh, climbed in the back seat of my dad's 1965 Volkswagen, mm -hmm. made an altar out of the back seat, and that's where wow. I asked Christ to be my savior. Yeah. And uh, then, that, uh, that's awesome. Where was that at? Did you say was that your church that your dad was pastoring at that point? Uh, no, that was when we were visiting in North Alabama. North Alabama. Spring, okay. spring of 1970. Okay. All right. Um, but 
Well, actually, we were still living there at that time. Okay. All right. Yeah. So then I was called to preach when I was 15 at a youth conference and went off to Bible college. After Bible college, pastor for 16 years, and then 2006, resigned the church to do this. Yeah. That was a tough time in my life, I'll tell you, yeah. leaving the church. Yeah. Well, you know, again, uh, there are challenges along the way. So so you did. You got saved at the age of, what'd you say? I'm sorry. Six. Six. Okay. Yes. Called to preach at the age of 15. So uh, you, it was a youth conference. Was it a specific message or had God been working your heart for a while with that? No, you know, this, this is kind of strange, but it was kind of out of the blue. Mm-hmm. The, the service that night had nothing to do with the call to ministry. Mm-hmm. If I recall, the sermon was on being deceived, mm-hmm. you know, believing you're saved, but yeah. not really being saved. Right. But during the invitation, the Lord spoke so clearly in my heart that he wanted me in ministry. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I would be asked by people, you know, all the time, your dad's a preacher. Are you going to be a preacher when you grow up? And <laughs> I would just shrug my shoulders and say, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it's amazing. Sometimes kids that grow up in ministry, the expectation is that they they're going yeah. to, and that sometimes that happens, and sometimes it doesn't. And you know, of the three sons that I have, uh, two of them are in ministry, one of them's not, and I'm just as proud of the one that's not, as long as they yeah. serve the Lord. You know, so it's vitally important. Well, um, so um, when you got saved and you're called to ministry, did God use something to get your attention, or was it just that message? Do you think? It was just that particular service. Uh-huh. I was standing. I was standing there during the during the invitation. I had not gone forward. A lot of people did, mm-hmm. um, but the Lord just spoke so clearly to my heart. I went home and told my dad, "God's called me to preach," and he said, uh, "You're going to preach on Wednesday night in two weeks." <laughs> so I I prepared my first sermon, and I I had five points. I put all the scripture I could put into it, and I got up there and preached for a grand total of nine minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's kind of the way we start. Now they say we can't even get started in nine minutes. You know, that's right? <laughs> it takes it's us a while to get. Runway. Yeah, it's exactly right. So, um, tell us a little bit about your Bible college years. Um, you know, they, you went to uh, a, a Bible college someplace, correct? I did. I went to Isles Anderson in the early '80s. Okay, all right. And, and um, while you're there, uh, involved, I'm sure, in various ministries. I was. We were in different soul winning ministries and uh, bus ministries and so forth. One of the best experiences from college is that uh, some friends and I formed a quartet to travel for a summer with evangelist Joe Boyd. Oh, really? And uh, that was quite an experience, but, yeah. but we had a lot of fun together and we're still friends. We've been friends for 35 years now. Yeah, good. We still get together once in a while. Do you sing when you get together? We do. We <laughs> have, yes. you, guys, you guys need to put out some kind of CD or whatever, you know. And <laughs> well, we did. We did three cassette recordings. That tells you how far. Oh back. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, you yeah. really, you really dated yourself if you said it was on a track. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We had those cassettes a few years ago. We had those cassettes remastered and put on a CD. So really. A three cassette CD. If you'd like to order, I'll take orders after the podcast. All right. Very good. We'll give them an email address where they can reach out to you. That'd be great. So um, what do you think was uh, the most significant thing? Uh, would you say that was that traveling with Pastor Joe Boyd during your Bible college years? Would you say that, uh, clear, of course, there are certain classes perhaps that really stand out in your mind or maybe a, an individual that God used uh, in the Bible college? Or is there something like that in particular? You say, hey, you know, God really used this during those years in my life? Uh, there was one particular teacher that, that re- was my favorite teacher. He really gave me a love for God's word. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, just had a, a very unique way of, of opening up the scriptures to us in class and um, turned out to be not such a good guy, after, you know, years later. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's passed away now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say he had a great impact on my, on my study of God's word. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I go back to my Bible college years here and think about people that God used in my life. And uh, mm-hmm. of course, I went to a different Bible college and the college we went to, we had the opportunity to go to various, you know, um, local churches in the area. Mm-hmm. And the pastor that I had during those years was just a phenomenal man who just really, really God used. And so uh, we think about, you know, this journey and there are just different steps along the way and God uses things and uses people to accomplish that great purpose. So, all right. Um, so after Bible college, um, uh, let me ask you about your, your wife and, uh, did you meet her in college? I did. That's the best thing I got from college. (laughs) (laughs) And where's she from? She's from just South of Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. Very good. All right. And then, uh, so after Bible college is, did you immediately go into pastorate? I, um, I was in college for four years. I hate to tell this part, but I was in college for four years, but I wasn't finished. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got financially withdrawn uh-huh. and I, I sat there for four more years. Okay. Got married during that time and I wanted to leave so bad. Mm-hmm. I, I did not like living in Northwest Indiana. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to Florida, go back to my construction job that I had during, during my high school years. Uh, but the Lord wouldn't let me leave, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to spend the rest of my life saying, "Yes, I went to college, but I didn't graduate." Right. So I determined just to stay there till I could get back in school and finish. So I didn't graduate until the the uh, spring of 1990, mm-hmm. and then I went directly from there. Like a week after we graduated, we went to a position as an assistant pastor for three years, and then uh, then we started the church where I pastored for 13 more years. All right. So uh, that three years that you served as an assistant pastor, even though you're perhaps a little bit older, was still probably very instrumental, correct, in, in your life as far as preparing you for, for the pastorate? Yes, sir. I, I knew when I went there that God wanted me to pastor, and I, I committed to the pastor that I worked for. I committed to serve there for three years, but told him that someday I wanted to be a pastor. So mm-hmm. during that time, um, you know, teaching and preaching on a regular basis every week, uh, really showed me the gravity of getting into the Word of God and and teaching people what the Bible says and not what you think it says or or my opinions. Yeah. And uh, I remember one particular day I was preparing a message, and I I wrote something down on my notes. That was before I had a computer. Mm-hmm. I wrote something down on the paper, and and it was as if the Holy Spirit said to me, "Where did you get that?" And I said, "Well, I heard so and so say it," and the Holy Spirit said, "That's right. You didn't get it from the Bible or from me." Uh, <laughs> and it was a, it was a real aha moment for me that, yeah. that I need to be sure what I say from the pulpit is what the Lord gives me mm-hmm. from his word and sticks true to the word. Mm-hmm. So God used that time, uh, as an assistant pastor to really give me a desire to preach true to the scripture. There is something about the gravity of, you know, there's something about Bible college, of course, but to get into the work and to be responsible for building a class or standing before people and preaching, there's just a, a whole different ballgame. Some of our listeners, uh, some that may be listening to this podcast, are thinking about, you know, God may be calling me, um, and they may be already involved in ministry. I, I say to people, that's all preparation for what God's going to do in the future. There's no question about that. 
but then of course to step out of the Bible college realm and into a you know position whether it's part-time full-time but working in the ministry there's just something about that classroom that is not replicated in a physical classroom yes sir yeah well we're going to drop our uh, our podcast at this point uh, for this week and we'll pick up uh, our conversation with uh, brother Ken Fielder the director of worldview ministries in Danville Indiana in je- next week so thanks for listening well thank you for listening to uh, today's episode of labors and the harvest and our first part of our conversation with Dr. Ken Fielder. Uh, I, I hope that you'll enjoyed uh, our time together and the conversation that he and I had together. And again, we sure appreciate you being a, a listener, whether today is your first time or you're a returning listener. We appreciate that. And uh, we, we hope that uh, what we're doing here on Labors and the Harvest podcast is beneficial and encouraging to you. If you uh, appreciate it, I know we're all busy, but if you could just take a moment and leave us a review uh, on the platform that you're listening to, uh, Labors in the Harvest, or just even send me a text uh, message. You can find that information or you can uh, get information about me at our website, kevinfolger.com. Uh, there's an email address. I, I don't know if my phone number is there. I think it is. But if it isn't, uh, just drop us an email and uh, we would love to hear from you. Thank you so very much for listening and we look forward to having you back next week. Uh, for the second part of our conversation with Dr. Ken Fielder. Until then, have a great day. May the Lord bless your life as you seek to serve Him. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest.